0: Very strong words from John the Baptist in the gospel. We'll come back to those in a while, but first let's begin with something a little more positive. I am so happy to be here with you. As Father said, my name is Father Ricardo Pineda. I'm originally from San Diego, California, but I am coming to you from Auburn, Kentucky, where my religious community, the Fathers of Mercy, are based. And in case there are some of you out there who don't yet have that greatest sense of who the Fathers of Mercy are or what we do, I'd like to share with you a little song that I wrote one day when I was in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament and I was just so happy, so loving being a Father of Mercy. It goes a little like this We're the Fathers of Mercy. We love to preach. There's people falling into sin we're trying to reach will help to save your soul and sanctify your life by preaching faith and morals in the name of Christ. We stress the mercy of God against the threat of sin, the power of God's grace to give us life again. We go on missions and retreats from coast to coast and help staff the parishes that need us most. We give you mercy. Are you excited? (laughs) Good, verse two. We're the fathers of mercy. We take the vows. Can't wait to get to heaven, so we live it now with obedience, poverty, and chastity. It might appear restrictive, but it sets us free for deeper intimacy through continuous prayer. Got the divine on my mind and a habit to wear. I'm striving for perfection with my brothers in Christ. I've got the beauty of community the rest of my life. Fathers of mercy. More excited? (laughs) Good. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here with you for this mission. I love being a Catholic. I love being a priest. They both bring me a lot of joy, and I hope to share some of that joy with you this week. And as we are entering the second week of Advent, that special time in our liturgical calendar where we prepare our hearts to celebrate the first coming of Christ, so that they might be all the better prepared for the final coming of Christ, and hopefully all the while more appreciating the continual coming of Christ to us in the sacraments, especially the Eucharist. It's a great time for a mission. And the title of our mission this week is, If You Knew the Gift of God. Words of our Lord Jesus Christ spoken to the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. If you knew the gift of God. Because there are so many Catholics out there. I'm trying to create this sense in you of intrigue. What's the gift of God? Do I really know the gift of God? There are so many out there who think they know what the Catholic faith is all about. With what they learned in Catholic school or perhaps catechism or even the homilies. They think they've heard enough. And they might see the faith as worth dedicating one hour to on Sundays or Saturdays a week But beyond that, they don't really let it affect their lives all that much. What's the big deal? Let's get back to sports or video games or shopping, right? Well, I can almost hear God saying, you think you know, but you have no idea. And if people really knew the full depths of their Catholic faith, then they would be begging for more. And so to help you discover your faith in a whole new way, this week we have this five-night mission starting tomorrow night Sunday through Thursday the main hour is 7 p.m. again 7 p.m. and we'll begin that hour with exposition of the blessed sacrament our Lord truly present in the Eucharist on the altar to help give you a sense that he is the one preaching to you speaking to you through me his instrument and the talk will go roughly an hour And then we'll conclude with that special blessing with the Eucharist, benediction. Before and after, though, if you can only make one hour, 7 p.m., but before and after, there are more goodies. 5.30 through 6.30 p.m., I will be hearing confessions. Uh, There will be CD sales and DVDs uh, from the Fathers of Mercy to help nourish the faith of your families. Half an hour before the conference and half an hour after the conference. We'll pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet around 6.45 p.m. before the conference. And again afterwards, I'll be hearing confessions as long as you need me to be here. I will be there till midnight if you keep me that long because you do not want to let a parish mission go by without making a good, heartfelt confession. And a few of you might be thinking, Father, I haven't been to confession in years. It's been so long, I don't even remember how to go to confession. And we take that into account. And so you will find on your way out of either exit, these beautiful brochures put out by the Fathers of Mercy, examination of conscience for adults and teens. Pretty sure you've seen them before, but it's always good to refresh the memory. I encourage you to take them home with you, open them up, and you find your how to go to confession section, in case it's been a while. You have your act of contrition. And you also have that long list of sins, what one of our priests likes to call your Wall Street Journal of Sin. (laughs) All these different sins you might have committed and forgotten about. And as you look through this, go through it prayerfully, you might find, oh, I didn't know that was a sin. Or, oh, I didn't know all those things were sins. I'm going to have to bring that to confession? And you might feel ashamed, especially at the thought of bringing those sins before a priest who might know you well, especially someone like your parish priest. But I, Father Ricardo, am a visiting priest. (laughs) You know what that means, right? After this, I'm going to go do another mission. going to meet thousands of other people, going to hear their confessions. And I'm not going to remember who you are or what you told me. (laughs) So no excuses this time, right? Come one, come all. Have a beautiful experience in confession. We're the fathers of mercy. So come, confess. We'll work to give you peace of mind in place of stress divine physician present to us, though unseen. He said to St. Faustina that the priest is like a screen. So pour out your soul to him as you would to me, and cleansed by my most precious blood your sins will be. Prodigal child returning to the arms of God will realize with great surprise a love so broad. Fathers of mercy. I invite you to consider for a moment that beautiful experience of the prodigal son If you're familiar with this parable, you'll remember, man had two sons. The younger said to his father, give me my share of the inheritance that's to come to me. It's basically like spitting in his father's face. It's like saying, you're as good as dead to me, because that's when the inheritance would usually come. And he takes the money, goes off to a faraway country, and he squanders it. That's what prodigal means, to squander spends it all, then there's famine, he finds himself in dire need, so bad in fact, that it says he had to hire himself out to tend swine, to tend pigs, right there you see how low the sense of his own dignity had gotten for Jews, pigs are unclean animals, they wouldn't even want to be in the same town as pigs, and yet here he is serving them. And it says he was so hungry that he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, and no one would give him any. That's what it says in the English, no one would give him any. I read this once in the Spanish, preparing for a Spanish Mass, and the sense is even worse. See, when you hear no one would give him any, it doesn't necessarily sound strange. Who's going to think to offer pig's food to another human being? That'd be insulting, right? oh, you know, if you get hungry, you can have some of the pig's food. Ha, ha. No, you just don't do that. But what did it say in the Spanish? He longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, y no lo dejaron, meaning they would not let him. Do you catch the difference there? They would not let him. It's one thing to be so hungry that you're looking at the pig's food, and you're like, even that's starting to look good. But who would bring themselves to actually try to eat it? But you hear they would not let him. What does that convey? That when they're not looking, he's like, all right, I'm going for it. And he starts trying to eat the pig's food because he is dying of hunger. And they turn around, they see him, and they're like, what are you doing? That's not for you. That's for the pigs. Stop that. In this sense, like you're worth less than pigs. And how many people, how many... Catholics, how many Christians are going through life feeling that way, so weighed down by life's trials, perhaps so weighed down by woundedness of the past, perhaps so weighed down by unconfessed mortal sins, that Satan has them. He's got them in his grasp. He's got them believing, I'm no good. I'm worth less than pigs. Life's for other people. I'm a loser. But what was the experience of the prodigal son when he went back to his father It says his father caught sight of him while he was still a long way off. That means he was looking for him. He was waiting for him. He was longing for him to come home. And it says he ran out to meet his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. In the Spanish, again, a little deeper, it says he covered him with kisses. And some of the images, some of the paintings you see, they depict this so well. I saw one once where the prodigal son, he has this longer, greasy hair. It looks like he hasn't bathed in weeks, if not months, and he doesn't have a shirt. You see how dirty he is and how skinny he is, emaciated from starving to death. You see the bone of his spine, and you see how weak he is as he's about to take the next step. It looks like he's going to collapse down dead, and the father is looking so tall and strong, and clean. He has this beautiful white garment, and I'm thinking, no, don't touch him until he takes a bath. But this father is just so overwhelmed with joy to be able to hold his son again and cover him with kisses. And you can imagine what the prodigal son must have been thinking in that moment. I never knew he loved me like this. I never knew he loved me this much. How could I ever have left this? And no matter where you are in your faith, whether you're doubting God altogether, or whether you've been serving him for a long time, whether you've been to the last several missions that the Fathers of Mercy have given here, or whether this is going to be your first one, God is inviting you to have a similar encounter. To hear something this week, perhaps to hear it in a whole new way, or to have an experience in confession that is going to lead you to that realization, I never knew God loved me like that. I never knew he loved me that much. God gave me one of those experiences five years ago when I was a deacon. I thought I knew the gift of God. I thought I had the Catholic faith figured out. And I was reading in a certain book about some deeper realities that took place at our baptism. And when I learned of these things that I had never heard before, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? This is what God really did in my soul at baptism? This is what God is really offering us through our faith, through the sacraments? Why hasn't anyone told me this? I'm thinking, my parents didn't know this. My catechism teachers didn't know this. No one I know knows this. They would have said something. And there was a woman who came to me. She said, Father, I've been a Catholic for 74 years, and I have never had that understanding of sanctifying grace. That's what I'm talking about. That's the first talk. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m., baptism, power to become children of God. Don't miss it. And the second night, Monday night, we will talk about the church that they may all be one. The great gift of the church to guide us and guard us as God's children, as Satan does everything he can to tear us apart. The third night will be on confession, unconditional love and healing. And I hope that after that talk, you won't be afraid to go more frequently to confession to your parish priest, who perhaps might recognize your voice. Because you will realize that confession is one of the extremely rare experiences on this earth of true, unconditional love. Where someone can hear the worst of you and still see you as nothing less than a beloved son or daughter of God. And you'll also recognize that if you want to go to heaven after committing mortal sins, then we must show ourselves to the priest. The fourth night will be on the Eucharist heaven on earth. And during that talk, we'll answer a very important question, a question that most Catholics get wrong today, including your Sunday churchgoers. The question is, why do we have to go to Mass? Again, most Catholics are getting this wrong. You think you know the answer? Come to the mission. You might be surprised. We'll also see why it's such a great privilege that we get to go to Mass. And the fifth night will be a closing Mass at that same time, 7 p.m., and the last talk will be an extended homily on Mary, Mother of God, and Our Mother. And if you get here early, 6.45 that night, we'll have a short talk on practical tips for praying the Mass. Let's face it, so many of us find ourselves bored or distracted or even falling asleep at Mass. Well, what are some things that we can think about to have that amazing encounter with God? We're the fathers of mercy. We love the Mass. We try to say it prayerfully, not too fast. Eternal sacrifice of Jesus Christ made present there. We offer all our works, joys, pains, and prayers. The souls in purgatory there praying with us. The angels and the saints in heaven singing with us. Sanctus, sanctus, to the Omnus Dei. We eat his flesh and drink his blood like every day. Fathers of mercy, come to the mission. Invite your family, invite your friends, especially those who might no longer be practicing the Catholic faith. There was a study done a number of years ago, college students being asked, what would make you go back to church? And they asked them all these different questions. Great preaching? No. Comfortable seats? No. Great music? No. Rapping priests? No. <laughs> Whatever it was, there was some excuse. But the last question was, what if a good friend invited you? unanimous answer they all said yes if a good friend invited me then I would go back be that good friend find that person who needs your invitation Offer to give them a ride and if they refuse don't get mad just offer them the invitation in love but try to bring them home and a special shout out to all the men especially since there's a great temptation out there to think oh, religion all oh, the faith oh, that's women's business that's for the women and children So many men not going to Mass with their families. You have friends who are like this, invite them to come to the mission. They're over here thinking, oh, this mission isn't for me. Wrong. This mission is especially for you. Come be strengthened. Come get a greater sense of your God-given mission as men. Come learn a little bit more of what you need to be able to kick Satan out of your home, out of your families, and especially out of your marriages. Because Satan is wreaking havoc on marriage and family life today. The question, if you knew the gift of God, what might be different? You might be able to uproot the lies of Satan being planted in the hearts of so many of our young people, so many of them out there committing suicide, living in depression because they do not know God. They have not seen the faith lived out in their home. Let them see an unshakable faith in you, and you might be able to instill an unshakable faith in them And a peace that endures through any trial. St. John the Baptist talks about being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. What's the fire? It is life in this fallen, sinful world. Making it so difficult to live our faith. So difficult not to despair. We must carry the cross. Take up our cross and follow Christ. We let our children, our families see an unshakable faith. And they might be able to endure even torture and death for the faith. And there's the wake-up call. There's the trumpet. We're all going to die someday. We do not know when. In my opinion, a man feels more like a man when he is at peace with the thought of laying down his life. And there's a saying, Death smiles in the face of us all. Come learn how to follow the path of so many men of God before you who were able to smile back. And my hope for everyone who attends this mission is that you will come out with a greater sense of intrigue at the words of St. Paul, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it so much as dawned on man what God has planned for those who love him.